From Washington, this is the CQ Budget Podcast, your leading Capitol Hill source on how Congress allocates federal taxpayer dollars. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker and editor of the CQ Budget Newsletter. And I just wanted to give you a brief update before we start here. When we recorded this podcast Friday, we hadn't yet learned of the death of President George Bush. Memorial services and tributes to the 41st president now promise to delay a lot of legislative business in the coming week, including work on a year-end spending deal. Congress faces a December 7 deadline for completing a deal before current funding runs dry for many federal agencies. But with the memorial service planned for Wednesday, President Donald Trump said he is now open to extending the deadline with a short-term stopgap funding measure to buy some extra time for negotiations. But no matter how the deadline gets adjusted, the issues that must be resolved haven't changed. And I discuss them here with two of CQ's experts in this week's podcast, which begins now. Luckily, we at CQ have not only a budget expert, but a world-renowned psychic who is going to tell us exactly what to expect between now and the end of the Congress. Peter Cohn, CQ's budget and tax policy editor. Welcome back, Peter. Great to be back, David. And thank you for that overly generous introduction. And making his debut on our budget podcast, the newest member of CQ's budget and appropriations and tax team, Doug Sword. Welcome, Doug. Uh, I'm just so very grateful to be here, David, and your invitation was, was cherished. I can tell. But thanks anyway for being here. Okay, so this is the week. Friday is the deadline for a year-end spending deal. Pete, are we going to get one? Uh, David, everybody sort of puts on their crystal ball in this town every uh, whenever we get one of these deadlines. And, you know, 10 people you talk to, you'll get 10 different opinions. If I had to just kind of throw a dart at a board right now, I'd tell you that they'll probably uh, end up passing a CR, a small one, for, for maybe a week. It's to a stopgap measure just to Correct. buy Sorry. more time. Continuing resolution, excuse me, CR, continuing resolution, just continues the current level of spending uh, at the rate that they approved last year. And I, my, my guess at this point would be that they buy themselves a little bit extra time while President Trump gets together with some of the top uh, leaders from both sides and figures out exactly what they're going to do about this border wall, which has been kind of the bugaboo for the last two years. Uh, yeah. They were able to kind of dance around that issue in the previous two spending bills that they've negotiated with President Trump. But now we just had a midterm uh, election result that was not kind to the president's priorities. And so the Democrats are, are sort of, you know, feeling their oats a little bit. And it's a real jump ball. What's going to happen on this bill? We've got people threatening year-long CRs. We've got people threatening government shutdowns, meaning if they can't pass a bill, then the agencies, the sort of uh, the the twenty-five percent of the funding that hasn't been approved yet, um, will lapse. Um, but no one really wants a shutdown, right? No, no, I, I don't think so. I think nobody wants a shutdown, but the shutdowns can be a useful tool uh, as leverage to try to get something that you want. Now. President Trump has already got the funding for the Department of Defense because that spending bill already passed. Se again, 75% of the funding for the fiscal year has already been approved. Department of Energy with all the nuclear weapons programs, all that's done. Right. Uh, Congress's own budget in the legislative branch spending bill is done. Right. So for some people out there who are kind of don't really believe that government should have as big a role in our lives, 
they're thinking to themselves, well, if the government shuts down, that's no skin off our back. And you know, we've had some temporary shutdowns before that last a few days. Sure. A few obviously, days, the world doesn't end. And over no one, a weekend, absolutely right, not, even right. with the full government operating uh, under a, a partial lapse. Now, you've still got employees that come to work who are considered exempt from the, from the furloughs that would have to happen because they are – you know, they have a, a life and safety and, and, you know, property preservation role in our society. So they all come to work. They just don't get paid until later. These shutdowns, it becomes a blame game. It becomes a question of who can position themselves as not, not as responsible as the other guy. I would bet, I think, on a continuing resolution for now over a shutdown. Doug, what's your bet? Um, my bet is to agree with you guys because uh, I'm not the budget experts that you are. Oh, that's that's a cop out. And I, I've been paying that's attention. That's a cop out. I've been paying attention to tax all week long. I can tell you what what'll happen with tax. All right, we're going to get to the tax bill in a minute, but we have to address the. Doug, border you're being wall. bashful, but that's okay because we don't have that much time on this podcast. We have oh, to address okay. the border wall first because that's everybody's top concern. There's this big fight. Trump wants $5 billion down payment this year. Democrats say not a penny more than $1.6 billion. The Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer took to the Senate floor last week and, and said, The seven bipartisan appropriation bills are hanging in the balance for one reason and one reason only, President Trump. He wants to shut down the government unless he gets $5 billion from the American taxpayer for an unnecessary border wall. If there's a shutdown, it's President Trump's fault. He can have $1.6 billion or else just do a continuing resolution for the whole Homeland Security Department, neither of which is going to happen, I think it's safe to say. There has to be some compromise in the middle, right? You think so. I mean, usually when you have, usually it's a numbers game with the appropriations guys, and they meet in the middle. But, you know, then when you have the... Um, the other principles in play, like the president and the members of the leadership and the Freedom Caucus in the House and the hard lefties on the Democratic side, everybody's sort of involved in this kind of year-end negotiation because, frankly, it's all that the media is talking about. It's all that, you know, is on Twitter all day long. And so you get the real kind of hardcore elements of both sides out and, and trying to influence the outcome. So, you know, it becomes a bigger question than just the numbers game between uh, the appropriate appropriations committee members could sit in a room and hammer that out in probably 30 seconds. Yeah. But it sort of it takes on this life of, of its own. So, you know, the difference between one and a half billion and 1.6 billion and 5 billion is, you know, somewhere in the ballpark of two and a half, three billion. So, you know, you'd think in a normal situation, they just call it a day and, and agree to that. But now they sort of, they've got themselves boxed into these, these hard line positions so it's, it's difficult to see how it plays out. Now, there's this idea floating around that maybe you give Trump $2.5 billion this year and you tack on in advance of the, the other $2.5 billion that would kick in uh, on October 1st, 2020. So, you know, that's one idea that's floating around out there. Some of the Democrats don't seem to want to even do that yeah. because it would look like they're capitulating to Trump. And we should so. say this is more about political symbolism than any substantive difference in policy here. I mean, a border wall is supposed to cost somewhere like $25 billion when you include all that. None of this, no matter what they decide on, it's not going to fund a border wall this year. They're talking about a tiny down payment, no matter whether it's $1.6 billion or $5 billion, and we don't even know how much the Department of Homeland Security can reasonably spend between now and the end of the fiscal year next September. They could put $5 billion in and 
they may not even be able to spend $5 billion given the track record we have over the past year. This is a fight about politics. Well, it's also a fight about the, it's, it's the broader issue of border security because the Republicans uh, and President Trump, they actually do believe that wall or no wall, they've got a winning issue on border security. I'd like to see the wall. We do need it because we have people coming, and I'm not just talking about the caravans. We have people coming through our border. For them and their constituents, that's a really big deal. And they feel like the Democrats, they can easily paint the Democrats as soft on illegal immigration and soft on crime uh, if they make an issue out of this. So, you know, it's not necessarily about the wall itself. It's about border security. Now, I think the Democrats are also interested in looking like they're tough on border security. They just don't want to give Trump the quote unquote wall. So what they're talking about, and you know, Schumer's been, been upfront about this, is they want, and Patrick Leahy, the, the ranking Democrat on Senate Appropriations and Nita Lowy on, on the House side, they've been upfront about this. They say, look, we want to talk about border security. We want to talk about intelligent ways to fund border security. He could agree to sign the bipartisan DHS appropriations bill. It's just what we've done in previous years, funding for fencing on the border, where the experts say it makes the most sense. It would protect our border far more effectively and far more quickly than any wall. So uh, there is a, there's a lot of kind of semantics going on. Again, it is a numbers game and how do you sort of you know, make it make each side look like you're you're um, getting what yeah. you want. So somewhere of a few billion dollars might resolve this this spending deal, but there's also a big tax bill that Republicans are hoping to pass. Yeah, but that's only it's only fifty five billion dollars. So. Yeah, it's small potatoes over uh, ten years. Over, over ten, 10 years. years. So it's peanuts. Twenty six, the first year, I think. It's that's peanuts. True. But, Doug, we saw some surprise on the House floor. They were supposed to take up the tax bill last week and, and pulled it back. What's, what happened? Well, uh, staff is still saying that, that that never technically showed up on a schedule, although everybody of in course, town expected sure. it, right. expected a vote to occur Friday morning, and it did not. Uh, they apparently did not have the votes, and it got pulled. So they're still going to try, though, right? Chairman Brady, chairman of House Ways and Means Committee, says that uh, they were a little distracted because of all the leadership goings on and that uh, now it's time to get to work and he'll be focused on this and they're going to move it forward, supposedly. And remind us, this is sort of a mega wish list that Republicans are hoping to jam through before they lose power come January. What are the what are some of the main things in this package? Yeah, it's a small 300 page bill. Um, It's got a... 26 tax extenders in there, which are basically tax expenditures uh, on tax breaks for companies and individuals. And These are industries. renewing tax breaks that have expired. Yes, and uh, that's about half the package. And then there's technical corrections from last year's tax code overhaul, which Democrats have no apparent desire to get into because they didn't like the tax code overhaul in the first place. And the fact that there were a lot of errors, they they, they, they don't want to correct without being given something. And they're don't feel they're being and they'd like much. to rewrite last year's tax. They would like to rewrite it, and they're going to be having hearings on it next year. Once uh, Richard Neal is uh, he's the presumptive chairman of House Ways and Means, a Democrat from Massachusetts. And then there's three other parts to it: uh, retirement savings provisions, uh, an IRS redesign, also uh, some temporary tax relief for people in disaster areas. Wildfires and the hurricanes we right. just had. 
Uh, so I assume there's some stuff in here that has bipartisan support, but not enough. Uh, the IRS provisions passed 414 to zero back in April, mm -hmm. so and it's the same exact language. So there's a lot of uh, bipartisan stuff in there, but it's not really a bipartisan atmosphere right now. And of course, they could still jam it through the House this week or next week. But then what happens in the Senate? Well, even before it gets to the Senate, there's uh, an awful lot of people that don't want to that don't want to see some changes in what's being presented, particularly a coal excise tax temporary increase uh, that would go back down if it's not extended. Uh, they'd like to see that uh, disappear. And they also have some some attendance problems in the House. Number of people uh, lost and they haven't come back. They only got 219 votes for the for the rule, uh, you know. With, and they uh, need they 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 needed majority would be 218, but um, so it's razor uh, thin. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I mean, rule rule votes are usually a party line, but the fact that you had 15 Republicans absent meant that that right. they have literally zero wiggle room. If they were to bring the bill right. to a vote, you know, last Friday, for instance, they could have found themselves 15 votes short, something like that. Well, I also think some, some members are looking at this as a last chance to get some, uh, some of their own provisions into a bill. Anyway, apparently there were an awful lot of uh, uh, Republicans that said they were undecided. But even if it gets through the House, Doug, right. is it going anywhere in the Senate? It doesn't appear so. I mean, I, I thought there was a pretty strong signal from, again, Richard Neal, who's, who's going to be the, the chair of House Ways and Means. I mean, he called this bill fiscal malpractice. Uh, we had uh, uh, Democrats in the Senate were not receptive to it. Pete talked to Chris Van Hollen earlier this week about his many problems with I don't think Senator Van Hollen had any interest in correcting the bill. He wanted uh, Richard Neal to have that shot. Plenty of complicated provisions that could bog this yeah, down. I mean, they have yeah. very little time left in the year. Yeah, there's even. just no time. Christmas is around the corner. And, and you, have to look, you have to look what a difference a year makes. Because just a year ago, $1.9 was fine. Now $55 billion apparently is not. <laughs> And I haven't heard Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell say that a tax bill is on his to-do list for the end of the year. They're trying to do a lot of other stuff. They've got a farm bill. You know, they just really need to get it done before people start filing their tax returns next year. And there's a Democrat at the table next year. Okay. So there's a lot on the plate and very little time to get it all done. We at CQ will be watching it all for you and getting very little sleep in the process. This is going to be a very busy week, actually a very busy two weeks, if not if not a uh, very busy month, depending on how things go. Uh, my thanks again to Peter Cohn, our budget and tax policy editor, uh, an all-knowing psychic. Thank you, Pete. Thanks, David. And thank you, Doug Sword, for coming in for the podcast. We'll see you plenty more times, I'm sure. Great. Thanks. And thank you all for listening. I'm David Lerman, your CQ budget tracker. We'll be back next week. Until then, you can stay up to date by subscribing to the CQ Budget Newsletter. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and rate us on iTunes or find us on Spotify, Stitcher, NPR One, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And for more budget news, you can subscribe to CQ.com or visit RollCall.com or find us on Twitter. The handle is at CQNow or at RollCall. See you next week. <laughs>